Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Hey, we continue our series, The Glory of Christmas, as we look at those biblical characters, kind of in light of this skit, and these folks are trying to pull everything together, and to reflect on God's story, God's story of His amazing love and grace for us, and again, how we continue to be a part of that story of His amazing love and grace for us and for the world in Jesus Christ. Well, as we do that, kind of get the wheels growing here a little bit, got a question for you, and the question is, what is the most memorable Christmas present you have received? The most memorable Christmas present you have received. And I don't know what yours is, maybe it was a bicycle, you know, a doll or a toy of some sort that did something kind of amazing, but the most memorable present you have ever received. And as you think about that, I think about the most memorable present that I ever received was something that came in a, well, a box like this. And you can kind of see, you know, what this is. It's a box for like cards. And every year, for, for years, I'd get a box like this for Christmas, and it was the most memorable gift that I often received every year. Because inside this box from my grandmother, she got all the grandkids, all my cousins, we got a box not a Christmas card. This is what I, yeah, I finally learned that. When I got that box, I'm like, oh, Grandma, thanks for Christmas cards. I realized, oh, wait, inside the box was a bunch of little gifts that she had kind of personalized for the grandkids and, you know, packed tightly inside this little box here. Something that seems so insignificant, so unlikely to contain, you know, something so much greater. And that's one of the great memories I hold on to when I think about Christmas and, and what my grandmother gave to me in a simple little box. We think about Christmas in this Advent season. God, you know, God is all about precedence. Christmas is about precedence. That's one of the aspects of the glory of Christmas. Now, I said precedence, not presence. Precedence, as in this is the way things are usually done. So the way that God usually does things, God has a precedence for using people like you and me, that he seems to enjoy using people to be a part of his story, involving us in part of his story, people that are imperfect, people that are lacking, people that have weaknesses and shortcomings and who are underwhelming and overwhelmed and, well, we're dependent on God. I'll give you some examples from the Bible. We'll take a look here in the book of Genesis. A number of these people are in the book of Genesis. You kind of get us started here. One is this guy who was chronologically gifted. In other words, he was old. He was 75 years old when he called him to be a part of his story. That was Abram, later called Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old, and God said, I'm going to move you to a new land. You're going to be part of my great plan, and I'm going to use you to bless other people. You're going to have a son. And then 25 years later, at the age of 100, so if you ever feel like you're too old and tired as a parent, at the age of 100, you know, he had his son. Or another in the book of Genesis is this cheater and a liar. You talk about someone who seems kind of underwhelming to be used as part of God's plan, God's story, God's promise of bringing Jesus, this cheater and liar, the grandson of Abraham, Jacob. God used him to bless others. And then Jacob's son, another Joseph in the Bible. And this Joseph, this is a guy who had experienced horrible abuses and, and trafficking and injustice. 
And God used him to save his people and again to carry forth his plan in bringing Jesus into our world and into our lives. Now jump to the book of Exodus and you find a guy who was a stutterer and who had some kind of anger control issues. A guy named Moses. And God uses Moses to save his people from Egypt to carry forth his plan in bringing Jesus, but also to say in the same way as those people would remember that celebration and they would remember Moses as a great prophet, that God said, I'm going to bring a prophet greater than him and a saving event greater than that saving event for all people of all time as he brings Jesus into our world. In the book of Joshua, we read about prostitute that God used a prostitute to save his people and again to carry forth his plan this prostitute Rahab was the great 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 grandmother of a guy that was called the, the man after God's own heart King David she was also part of the lineage of Jesus and King David, this man after God's own heart, you know, many of you, that he was an adulterer and a murderer, and he faltered and failed God in many ways. Yet God still carried forth a plan and a promise through him that in the lineage of David would come one who would save all people. And even in the city connected to his name, a little, you know, kind of know-nothing village, tiny, insignificant, we hear in the prophet Micah, Chapter 5, verse 2, and one of the songs that we sing in this Christmas time is this town of Bethlehem. That in this insignificant town would come the Savior. See, this is the point here, that God often uses the most unlikely people to do the biggest things. We see this so often in Scripture. Take a look, you know, at, at that Bible Joseph. That Bible Joseph, you know, the one that's part of the Christmas story, who, you know, had plans and ideas of what his life was going to be like as he was engaged to Mary. And suddenly, his whole world and his whole plan was turned upside down. And this Joseph, well, he was just an ordinary man. He was just like you and, and me. Let's take a look and let's read together the words of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. His mother Mary had been promised to Joseph in marriage. But before they were married, Mary realized that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph was an honorable man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the marriage agreement with her secretly. Joseph had in mind when an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel said to him, Joseph, descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He saves, because he will save his people from their sins. And this happened so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet came true. The virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. He did not have marital relations with her before she gave birth to a son. Joseph named the child Jesus. You know, God called on Joseph, not because he was some super extraordinary dynamic person, 
God called on him to be part of his plan. And Joseph had to kind of probably ponder and wonder, you know, again, what is God up to? Why is God calling me to be part of something so big, something so incredible? And our Joseph, the one that was depicted in the video, again, God uses the most unlikely people to bring together the biggest things, the biggest plans that he has. But there's one great quote from the skit video that the director, Joel, says about Joseph. Listen to these words. I understand that Joseph is radically underqualified for all he's about to encounter. I don't know if you've ever felt radically underqualified or not. But isn't that the type of people God uses? The most unlikely folks to do the biggest things. It seems like those are the ones he always picks because he is a God who will never give up on us. And see, maybe even more than that, maybe that's the point we carry through, is that God never gives up on us. God is never done working in our lives. God is never done loving us, being there for us. And that is so important for us to know that we have a God who is there with us, a God who loves us always. Yet often we feel so underqualified, so overwhelmed. We know our faults, our failures. We know our sins. We know every time we mess up. And many of us, many of us feel radically underqualified for what we sometimes feel God has called us to be and to do. I mean, how many of us have felt radically underqualified with all that's on our plate in a way that maybe gives glory to God? For one, for the one who feels afraid about the future, for the one that feels inadequate to take care of, of your family the way that you would like to, the way you think you should take care of your family, for the one that feels like you're stuck in a dead-end job, feels stretched between taking care of kids and aging parents, who feels misunderstood, who feels burdened by the unjust post on social media, who feels like they're kind of in over their head, with responsibilities that were not part of their original plan. God wants you to know. God wants you to know that in Jesus, He is with you, He is for you, and He loves you. That's important to hear. It's important that you know this, that in Jesus, He is with you, He is for you, and He loves you. And yes, in that love and grace, he has identified you. You is the only one in your unique circumstance and situation to be a part of his plan, to be part of his greater story of sharing his love in Jesus with our community and our world today. God often uses the most unlikely people, people like you and, and me, to the biggest things. Now remember the words... The, the angel to Joseph, Matthew one twenty, he says, don't be afraid. So here's the question for us to reflect on. And maybe this is a really deep question. We've got to give them a lot of thought to this. Maybe, maybe this is a question that we know the answer right away. But how would you fill in the blank about your life? Don't be afraid too. God is calling you. And maybe right now you feel afraid and uncertain underqualified. And yet God is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us to be a part of his plan, to be part of his great story of love 
for us in the world in Jesus Christ. For the one who came to live for us, to die for us, and who lives for all eternity for us. For as Paul writes, we are saved by God's grace, by his amazing love for us, not by anything that we have done. And then he calls us to do these great things, things beyond our own capabilities in his grace and love. How will you fill up this blank in your life? How is God calling you in your faith to courageously trust him, just as Joseph, as Mary did, to trust that you are part of his plan and that he loves you, that he is for you, and that he is with you? Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for the gift of this evening as we wrap up this day. We give you thanks and praise for the gift of your love, of your presence, and all that you give to us in Jesus Christ. And Lord, so often we feel unqualified. Even if on the outside we act like we are overqualified and we are strong and confident, Lord, often we are not. Especially, Lord, as we see how you call us to serve you and serve one another, to share through our words and our actions the message of your love and grace. Lord, just as you called Joseph, just an ordinary man, to be a part of your big plans, so also you call us to share that love in Jesus. Lord, may we live in that love as we believe that love for us, and may we share that love. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.